expect that we want to have a series of conversations with the community about important issues uh, in the city that are ahead of us. So right now we want to talk about transportation. If this turns out to be a good format, we may come back and talk about more transportation issues in the future. It may be even things that, like new central libraries, a Slover Library, or things like that where the community, the heads, the Civic League uh, leadership can come and um, we can make presentations and then we can get just direct feedback from you. So uh, we're going to try to do several of these in the future. What we've asked you here, to, what I've asked you, and by the way, thank you for coming out on a cold Wednesday night. Um, this is really a, uh, you know, an encouraging number of folks who've, who've been here. We'll probably pick up a couple more. We're not going to wear you out. We won't, like I said, we've got 25 or 30 slides, and then we'll have time for conversation. Uh, we've tried to, to simplify some of it, but there's, there's still a lot to talk about. So what we're going to talk to you tonight, we're going to focus on the Midtown Tunnel. The third crossing is our way of describing a tunnel between Norfolk and the, other, and the peninsula, really, basically. And you'll hear other names for it. Patriots Crossing, uh, which is a name which is now being used in some circles. But we'll talk about that as an alternative to expanding the Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel. And then we're going to talk about something called the PPTAs, which is the Public-Private Transportation Act. And basically what that means is tolls. I don't think there's any question, but tolls are going to be in our future. But they have to be reasonable, and there needs to be a system-wide approach to it. Okay. Now, the Midtown Tunnel, just to qualify this, everyone in the region, not only the people who drive it and wait in lines, but all the planners themselves agree that the Midtown Tunnel is, in fact, the most important transportation project in the region. We've done a couple of computer uh, uh, takes at it, uh, out at the Regional Transportation Planning Organization and the Midtown Tunnel by every, um, by every method that we look at it becomes the, b the biggest choke point in the region for mobility within the region. And so um, that's why, that's why you know, this thing is, is getting ready to move ahead. It is the most heavily congested two-lane roadway in Virginia. It carries about 44,000 cars a day, okay? It fails all day long. Uh, and uh, if you're down there during in, in the midday, about 2.30, it starts to back up now. Uh, first, it goes back to, to 21st Street, and then it goes to Old Dominion, and it stays that like that until nearly 7 o'clock. A couple of folks have said, a couple of secretaries of transportation have actually said it's um, the most heavily traveled two-lane road east of the Mississippi River, and I, I, I don't doubt that. We say that to let you know nobody puts up with what we put up with here uh, in, in Norfolk. Um, it is the Midtown Tunnel and Hampton Boulevard. Also, Brambleton are major con congested uh, city quarters, uh, uh, corridors. They serve most of our neighborhoods. The, Nor the Norfolk Naval Station, which is, in fact, the largest naval base in the world. It's important to know because the defense dollars here are very important to us. That's about 40-plus percent of our economy is driven by defense dollars. And the admiral who lives out at the naval base, who runs the fleet forces, said he would not recommend to his superiors to bring any more sailors or missions or commands to Norfolk because the roadway is so hard to get around. Um, you've heard about the Joint Forces Command. Their headquarters is in Norfolk. That, those are the folks who are doing modeling and simulation. 
and they all have to come from Norfolk. They're trying to get to Suffolk uh, every day to go to work out there. That's a huge economic hub for us, millions and millions of dollars worth of payroll out there. Um, the last commander had joined Forces Command, uh, left to take uh, the charge of Central Command, which is everything in the Middle East, Afghanistan, Iraq. Um, and the last thing he said to me before he left was, keep fighting for the Midtown Tunnel. Uh, of course, you've got the port here um, and the connectivity between NIT and, and the Portsmouth Marine. Um, and then you've got the Medical Center, Old Dominion, downtown, you know, our major economic hubs that are impacted by the congestion at the Midtown Tunnel. Um, because there are so many cars trying to get into the Midtown Tunnel and the Downtown Tunnel, it is one of the few projects in the Commonwealth that can be built with a reasonable toll. Um, and so this is a great candidate for that. When there's no other construction money in the Commonwealth, this is a great candidate for a project that can be built, and that's why it's moving ahead in a, in a time when there really aren't any dollars at the state level for significant construction of projects. Um, and the, the private proposer in the Public Private Transportation Act, guys, the, the General Assembly or the Commonwealth VDOT actually sought bids to build the Midtown Tunnel expansion. Only one company, a consortium of companies, replied, and they replied in September of 08. The law requires something, an independent review panel, to make sure that it, it meets all the standards. Um, and the, in, the independent re review panel um, actually was formed in March of 09, reported out in June of 09, and since then, um, there has been very little public involvement with this project, even though we have asked, asked for a good deal. So, I mean, this is now a year and a half that VDOT has been trying to come to terms with this public, with this private proposal on how to expand the Midtown Tunnel. And that has been a little worrisome to us. Next. Um, just so you know, what we're talking about is a new two-lane tunnel, which is parallel uh, to the existing Midtown Tunnel. Um, the project would also rehab the existing downtown and Midtown tunnels. There's an expense to that. Um, there would be some minor modifications to the, to the Brambleton and Hampton Boulevard interchange in Norfolk. We've never even seen a good look at that, quite honestly. Uh, and we would, you know, we would expect for the VDOT would, you know, would ask the citizens of Norfolk what they thought about what this interchange is going to look like. Uh, and we haven't heard that yet. And the other thing you've got is this, is that piece right there, which is the extension of the Martin Luther King Expressway in Portsmouth. And why that's important is that this, the downtown and midtown tunnel are seen basically as one system, as one project. And uh, that will ease the ability of people who are trying to, who are thinking about going to the downtown tunnel, and we'll say it's stopped, where they can take the Martin Luther King and come over to the Midtown Tunnel. So, or if you're coming, if you're trying to, to you know, if you're coming through the Midtown, or if you're stuck at the Midtown, then you can come down to the Downtown. And so, and what you're going to be told are three different places. Okay. Um, this is. Uh, a diagram that the um, engineers use who plan uh, road projects, I call it sort of a measles chart, 
but um, this tells you how many, what that's indicating is, is 100 trips for each dot. Um, you know, all these people are trying to get through that tunnel right there. And so we need to ease that experience. One thing about the Midtown Tunnel, that we're, there are several things here that we're concerned about. The proposal that came on the table back in September of 08, which the Independent Review Panel looked at in June of 09, and which they're apparently still in discussions with, is we understand that they're, you know, they're planning a toll of $2.17. And that's predicated on no state investment that we're, that we're told. And we believe the state should, should come in here, spend significant dollars, to buy down the cost of the toll. Also, there is a great deal of deferred maintenance on both the Midtown and the Downtown Tunnel. We don't think the people in Norfolk and in Portsmouth who are going to use this tunnel and pay the toll should have to pay for the deferred maintenance cost. That's in the millions of dollars. We think that is a, an expense which has always been borne by the Commonwealth of Virginia to maintain and, you know, and to keep up the maintenance and improve these facilities. I mean, for the last half century they've done it. Why should we now have to pick up the cost of that in our toll? There, there's also an expense just to operate the, the tunnel. And as we understand it, the proposal now exists to shift all of that over to the, the private guy. So, in, so the dollars that are, being, that are being spent now, and we keep getting different numbers, it's in the $8 million a year range, we think. That will be added on to the cost of the tolls. And we think we pay taxes right now to operate and maintain roadways in Virginia. And we are, we're paying them, and everybody else in the Commonwealth is. We shouldn't have to pay a toll to operate and maintain ex facilities that are 50 years old that we've always been uh, they, at the Commonwealth fee dot. What they like to do is take that money and use it someplace else. Um, there is a rate of return. This isn't just a question now of, okay, we're going to tell you what the thing's going to cost to build, and we want to get paid for that, and we want to get a reasonable fee. That's not the case now. What these guys want is a rate of return on their investment that could go run out for 50 years or more, and it's a fairly hefty rate of return. So it just isn't a question like the old toll, toll road at the beach where they put the, the tolls on, and once, the, tolls, once the, the expressway was paid for, you took the tolls off. These guys now want a 50-year license to, to operate this facility, and they also want a hefty return on that license. The third crossing, and we're going to have a diagram of it here for you in a second, was, was a proposal started off with a conversation in the early 90s that the regional planners were having about what's the best way to get across the water. How do we improve our access, you know, the, the way to get across to the peninsula? But how can we best ease congestion at the Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel? And in order to do that, let's look at the whole waterfront. Let's not just look at the bridge tunnel so we can ease congestion, but let's look everywhere. And when we do that, uh, how do we also do that in an environmentally friendly way? Uh, how do we do that in a way that supports our economy and the military and the port? And uh, how do you basically build an outer, uh, sort of a, a loop from between 460 and up to 64, which you have a diagram in your handout, and we'll pop that up here in a second. There was a comprehensive study done of all these options out at the, the, the planning district. In 1997, the MPO, which was then called the Metropolitan Planning Organization, which is the whole region sitting at the table together with the Federal Highway guys and the VDOT guys, 
uh, selected the third crossing as the preferred option. Okay, we're having trouble with this language, and the third crossing has been sort of difficult for people to understand. Um, in July of 97, the entire region, I was in the room when we voted on it. Virginia Beach actually made the motion. <laughs> uh, the Commonwealth Transportation Board endorsed the idea, and then we sent it up to the federal government, and they looked at it, and they agreed with us. And they, for an environmental impact statement, and they issued something called a record of decision, a ROD, which said this is environmentally at least, this is the best way that you should, we think this is an appropriate way to ease congestion at the bridge tunnel and to expand our approaches to, uh, to get over across the, across the harbor. Um, and so the, all of the study that was done, the work that's done, the, the federal government's review at, of it is still there. And we could update the record of decision you don't have to spend $5 million to look at another option. No one has ever refuted this study or its conclusions. No one's ever taken, taken any issue with the findings. And so we still think that's the best way to go. Uh, the third crossing um, reduces congestion at the bridge tunnel. And how it does that, and we'll show you in the map in a minute, is that it diverts about one in every five cars away from from the bridge tunnel. So instead of sending more traffic down Willoughby by with the, you know, that into a widened bridge tunnel, you know, what you would do, and that would only give you one quarter, instead of having one quarter, we want to create a second quarter. So if you're coming down 64 and you get to Ward's Corner and you realize there's a backup at the bridge tunnel, you can turn left and go to the third crossing and go through that tunnel, go over to the Monitor Merrimack, and then bend to your right and go down 64 again. So instead of sending more traffic down the bridge tunnel, we want to divert about 20% of it away from there, 17 to 20% of it away from there, and at the same time do it in an environmentally sensitive way that minimizes the taking of properties, it lessens the noise impacts on existing neighborhoods. We also want to support the port and our military facilities, and by building the third crossing, you give them direct access uh, uh, to that facility. Um, um, also, the ease of construction is a factor here. Um, the widening of the bridge tunnel and the infrastructure needs there to support the widening would take several years. If you, can, if you think that you have problems out there now, when they start doing the construction on the existing roadways there, it's going to be a nightmare. Uh, the nice thing about the third crossing is it's a brand new corridor. It's actually cheaper, but it's a brand new corridor, so you don't have to exist, interrupt the existing travel lanes. Uh, um, and also, uh, by the way, it, if a truck turns over on the approach to the bridge tunnel, everything stops. Okay, uh, everything stops, even if you've got an, uh, an extra tunnel. And so, if you do the third crossing, this will give you an, another corridor for you know the cars to divert to but also provides us another evacuation route for Southampton roads that we can get to. And also, uh, by the way, the only alternative for mass transit, for either light rail or rapid bus transit, exists at the third crossing where you could build its own dedicated tube. You'll never be able to do that at the bridge tunnel. So if you want to connect the region through mass transit, the third crossing is the only way you can do that. Okay, here is a map of what's called the third crossing. Okay. 
This is 64. And there's the Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel. This yellow line is the proposed, that this is the full third crossing, and, and we think, you know, you don't have to build all of that right now for sure. But if you're coming down 64, you come towards corner, and then instead of going down to the bridge tunnel, you turn left and you come here. You come to the third crossing. If you're on Hampton Boulevard, or if you're at the military base, if you're at Old Dominion or at NIT, you could use this instead of using the bridge tunnel. And there are lots, there are lots of other tr cars, trucks who would use the third crossing. It goes over to the Monitor Merrimack, and then you can go on up to 64, or you can go down to 460 that way. It also helps the port in that it connects, in a limited access highway fashion, the Norfolk International Terminals with Craney Island. And that's something right there, that piece is called the Craney Island Connector. It also makes more sense for them now because they have leased the AP Molar facility for something like 40 years. Craney Island and AP Molar can be connected by a roadway. That would give them the Craney Island, they would give them the connector um, that you could move the containers between NIT, Craney Island, AP Molar with relative ease and really give them three facilities, the likes of which no other port on the East Coast would have in a, in a connected fashion. Also, as, as their trucks come out, they could also, they can go you know, up to Peninsula or they can come down to 460 and go out the back door uh, if they want. And so it's uh, nearly one in every 10 jobs in the Commonwealth of Virginia is in some way related to you know, the port. And so that's for every, in everybody's interest, especially here in Hampton Roads where so much of the activity takes place that the port's interests are taken into account when we started talking about investing scarce transportation dollars. And of course, there's the great military base. The largest naval base in the world would have direct access here to the third crossing. Okay. Now, we're gonna try to do this. We, we rehearsed this, but we're gonna see if we can, if, if we can, this is a little uh, closer picture. And the third crossing was actually the entire piece was a 14-year effort and it's to be built in six stages. We never expected to build the whole thing at once. This was a, this was a work in progress which is gonna go on for some time. So Keisha hit it. That's something called the intermodal connector which is already in the six-year budget. Uh, when I say the six-year budget, I mean the state has already funded it. It's about a $200 million cost. So that piece uh, will be built uh, in, you know, and, and I don't know, 24 months. I mean, they're going to start something like that, maybe take a little longer. Um, but that's the, that is one of the phases of the third crossing. Go. Now, there's the Ward's Corner link that I'm talking about, which would take cars and trucks down to the intermodal connector and then take them in, across that tunnel right there over to the Monitor Merrimack. Every day, there, the bridge tunnel here take, carries about 95,000 cars. The modern Merrimack carries about 65,000 cars. There's capacity over here that's not being used. So you don't have to build more capacity right now. What you need to do is use up the capacity that's existing. So if we could divert 15,000 cars a day, something like that, maybe 17 to 20% of these cars of the 95,000 cars that are there, help divert them here it would ease congestion at the bridge tunnel. 
and also, you know, maximize the capacity here at the Monitor Merrimack before we have to build an expensive new uh, widening at the at the Monitor Merrimack. So, the notion is that we would build this piece and Tara, next Tara. I mean uh, Keisha, the um, the connector, the Craney Island connector. It's about a $430 million project. Those numbers keep changing on us. The port some time ago agreed to pay about $200 plus million, $200 million to help facilitate that. And so that's the connector that connects the new crossing of the harbor with Craney Island and takes you down here to, uh, what's the name of the railway? There's I-64. It's, yes, yeah, right there. I'm sorry, I lost the name of that. And then that allows them to move the 460 or, or back up the Monitor Merrimack. So this is what we are going to suggest to the General Assembly that they actually move forward with in the form of a, to try to get VDOT to um, solicit a public-private transportation proposal for just that project. And that is, that cost is about I mean, Keisha, do we have that on the next slide, the, the cost? It's about a $2.5 million. Here we go. The combined costs, you got $2.2 billion here. And then if you take advantage of the money that the port and is already in the six-year plan, it, the whole thing comes out to about $2.6 billion. Um, as I said, the project was envisioned as a uh, six phases in 14 years. The connector, that little, the first uh, piece that you saw, um, was already funded, and then you, and then the tunnel itself would cost about 2.2 billion. So, to put the whole project together, that's 2.6. That's considerably less than the four and a half million dollar, three and a half to four and a half billion dollar rather project expansion of the bridge tunnel. Okay. Now. This is the, one of those measles charts that I saw that I talked to you about. As you can see, and there was a report in the Daily Press this morning, and it was covered in the TV, and it'll probably be something in the pilot uh, tomorrow morning, perhaps, is that the folks at VMASC, and that's the Virginia Modeling and Simulation Center, modeled all of, the, all of these projects and decided that that piece that I just described to you did more to move traffic throughout the region than any other project. So not only do we think it's better for Norfolk in that it, you know, it really I mean, helps um, take cars away from Willoughby. Um, there's no reason to condemn any more property on Willoughby, um, uh, as well as give you another quarter. and also helps Hampton Boulevard. But the entire region's mobility is improved dramatically by the number of people who then start to come back and forth across um, the peninsula and across the water. And um, we think the logic of it is very compelling that if you've got a few bucks uh, to spend on transportation, you would do that before you would ever expand the Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel. Um, this is the eight lanes expansion of the Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel, which I just saw a little while ago for the first time. The only people who are helped here basically are as you can tell, is Norfolk and the peninsula. But if you do the third crossing, and maybe you can go back real quick, you see everybody is helped by that. 
and right in there sits the city of Norfolk, you know, right in here. Okay. Now that's eight lanes. All right, the third crossing is, is a comparison that the, uh, the planners did this study. This was the 1997 that I uh, studied that we talked about. The third crossing would condemn 38 homes as opposed to the bridge tunnel expansion of 128. Um, the number of units, of housing units that are exposed to traffic noise is about a, a third or 40% of what it, what it is at, at the bridge tunnel. The third crossing relieves about 11% of traffic at the, down, at the downtown, 25% at the midtown, and about 38% there on Hampton Boulevard. And the bridge tunnel does very little for you there. Uh, the, the third crossing, or Patriots Crossing, uh, gives NIT, the Naval Base, and Craney Island direct access to this new roadway. The bridge tunnel does not. The measles chart that I showed you actually concludes that as far as mobility within the region, the bridge tunnel, you know, adds about 3,000, you know, I mean, helps about, what is that, 3 million uh, um, crossing trips. This promotes about 500% more than the bridge tunnel, which is a huge number for us really ties the economy and the region together. Okay, let's, I mean, I'll we'll stop and we'll talk a little bit about the bridge tunnel if you want. Just the logic behind it is so compelling. The folks on the peninsula are the ones, a couple of, of the members of the General Assembly over there, um, um, think that we should, that the Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel is the major congestion point in the region. And the thing to do was just relieve that congestion by widening the bridge tunnel. We agree that it's bottleneck and we ought to, you know, we ought to relieve congestion there. We just think the third crossing is a better way to do it. We think it's more environmentally friendly. We think it's less expensive. Um, um, we think it supports our economy. It does less damage uh, to, to Willoughby, uh, kept some of the trucks off our inner city roadways. And I think the region believes it as well now. And we're trying to get some traction there. This, the PPTA, Public-Private Transportation Act, um, is basically a tolling mechanism to build projects by tolling them. You know, tolls are the most exp expensive way to build a roadway. That's because you've got to put all the money out up front, and you incur all of the debt, all the interest on the hundreds of millions that you're spending to construct the road. And then you start collecting tolls to pay off the interest that you've accumulated over years, not to mention the fact that you've got to pay the toll keepers and you've got to run the facility. So it's an expensive way. It's a user fee, and it's going to be a part of our future, but it's an expensive way to do it. We think the state needs to, you know, create more revenue through a gas tax or however they want to do it. They've got there are four or five ways that they could do it. Um, the problem with the gas tax is that they're – for every penny, you get about $48 million. So if you're going to create a half million dollars, you've got to do, you know, 10 cents, 10 or 11 cents. And that sounds like a big number to guys at the General Assembly. It's not, but it sounds like it to them. And so, I mean, and so they're going to have to, if they're going to do something, they're going to have to bite off on something. It's an election year next year. There's always an election here. But um, probably no movement on that this year. Um, but we still think the state must participate in some fashion with the public-private part. 
There has to be a public piece of the Public-Private Transportation Act. The way it's being rolled out right now, it is a privatization of the existing facilities. It's, a, it's basically a private transportation act. The public needs to be involved in the matter. Um, and it's the private outside, you know, if all we're going to do is let somebody build a road and, and toll it, it becomes a private outsourcing of Virginia's transportation improvements. So there has to be the public piece, the public investment in there as well. Okay. Um, the PPTAs, when people tell you, you know, we want to do a public-private partnership, and somehow that their eyes light up, and somehow that you get something for free, you don't. It's a, it's a these things have got to be paid for. In this way, they're paid for uh, by by tolls. The other thing that the PPTA agreements that are coming on the that we're seeing, they they last for half a century or 75 years. Okay, it's, that's the useful life of the facility, of the tunnel, for instance. And at at that point, they just reinvest in the facility again, and they charge the tolls run up. Tolls go on forever, not just when the project is paid for. So. And then we did this diagram. Some of you saw it in the paper. I'm sorry that the ring of fire thing popped up. Um, I think that was a dramatic, that was, you know, this is a serious conversation. That was inflammatory, if you will, but uh, the ring of fire. But, I mean, th these are the facts. This is the stuff that we have seen, the proposals. And, you know, without anybody paying much attention, all of a sudden everything looks like they, everybody wants to, you know, all these things look like you could get a toll on them if we're not careful. And as you can tell, no one is managing any one of these, more than one of these projects. There's no system-wide approach to it. And it needs somebody looking out over the entire region to say, well, you know, let's put a, a $2 toll here, but let's not put a $5 toll there. I mean, there needs to be um, a system-wide approach to it, that's all. Okay. All right, thanks for coming out tonight, and thank you. I mean, I didn't know if anybody was going to come out in this weather. Quite honestly, I'm glad to see so many of you here. It is an important topic. We'd like you to come back next time.